I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yo, what's up? This is it. This is the first episode of my new podcast, Alternative Facts. It's a brand new Billboard weekly podcast devoted to alternative music. My name is Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. Alternative music is what I write about here, and it's going to be the topic of this podcast every week, every Thursday. Uh, so maybe you're asking, what is alternative music? Uh, it's kind of hard to define. I think harder than just saying, oh, it's a podcast about dance or a podcast about hip hop. You know, whatever is alternative music is always kind of changing and honestly I don't even really completely have the answer but I do know that if you're into the subject of this first episode you're gonna be into this podcast yeah today we're talking power more so if you're listening to this podcast you probably know already they got a new song out it's called hard times and we're gonna spend the next 30 minutes talking about it uh, how it came together what we think of it what kind of chance it has in the charts uh, their last single which was the final single on their 2013 self-titled album. The song Ain't It Fun was actually the biggest hit they've had to date. It peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. So we're going to be exploring whether or not Hard Times can beat that number. But, uh, but first, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's listen to a little bit of Hard Times. Yeah, so a little personal note uh, to get us ready for this. I can remember the first time I heard Power More. It was a while back. It was at the mall with some friends. Pretty sure it was in the food court, which is a good place to talk about these things if you're a teenager. I was in. I was a junior, my third year of high school, and my friend Greg was telling me about this new band on Fueled by Ramen that his band was going to play some shows with. Yo, what up, Greg? He played synthesizer in this pop-punk band from New Jersey called Moraine. They're broken up now, but I'm pretty sure you can still find their songs online. That's M-O-R-A-I-N-E. Anyways, they were going to play some shows with this new band Paramore, so my friend Greg tipped me off on them. I think the first song I heard was Emergency, maybe it was All We Know. Anyways, uh, this was right around the time they released their first album. All We Know Is Falling, which came out back in 2005. 
Greg was in a band, so he was a lot cooler than me. So uh, I took his advice on listening to Paramore, and I, I got into it. Uh, as the months went on, I was always hearing from him about about this band. He got to be good friends with them. Really, right away, the impression I got was that they were good people. Tons of integrity, in it for the right reasons. First saw them a few months after we first chatted about Paramore. They were playing a show in New Jersey with bands like So They Say and Halifax. Shout out if you remember those bands still. Uh, that was where I was really sold. There were, this was a smaller venue. There was only maybe about one, 200 people there. But you could tell Paramore really had a fan base that was quickly growing. I remember kids were there with the lyrics printed out from computers so they could sing along. It, it, was, it was crazy. So even though they weren't even headlining, pretty sure Halifax was the headliner of that show. It just goes to show how fast Palmer was blowing up, because in between the time that this show was booked and put together, during that time, they actually became bigger than the actual headliners on the show. So that was crazy. And then just seeing them live and Haley's voice for the first time, you know, holy shit. So I followed them through the years, saw them get really big, and since I started working at Billboard in 2013, I've been able to interview them, I covered both of their Parahoy cruises, so yes, I'm a little biased on this, covering Paramore, I think they're the truth, I like them a lot, I would definitely like to see Hard Times get to number one, but for this podcast, I want to get you some real insider insight from inside the Billboard office, get you the truth. So if anyone knows whether or not Hard Time's going to be a hit, it's this guy who I spoke to for my first interview for this show. So are we rooting for this song or what? Yes, I think so. It's a winner? Absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a fun song, and I think it feels a lot different than a lot of songs out there right now on alt radio or Top 40. So why not? Why not root for something that at least sa- at least is... Seems happy, at the very least, even though it's not really. But at least it's upbeat. That's nice, right? I think it's <laughs> I nice. Think it's, a pretty, it's, it's, it's got some unhappy lyrics about digging a hole and burying yourself in it, but it's a very upbeat song. Yes. And, you know, after, like, the last, like, year and a half, especially on pop radio, of, like, just, like, mid-tempo to slower, just, like, kind of sad stuff, like, yeah, I'll take this. I don't care what's about. I'll take it. <laughs> so for those listening, I'm here with Kevin Rutherford from billboard charts department rock charts guy and we're going to talk about how this paramore song can do on radio and do on the charts so there's two main charts that this song has a good chance of making a big dent on so let's explain for them what to the listeners what these two charts are what they're all about sure yeah so I mean, most people, if, even if you're not really a super chart fan or know even really how they work, most people know the Hot 100. And the Hot 100 uh, ranks the top 100 songs in the country. And uh, Paramore has had multiple songs on there before, including a, a top 10 a couple years ago uh, with um, Ain't It Ain't fun. fun. Yes, right. So uh, so they've had success before. And uh, so they have a shot there. Not even a shot. They're going to make it. It's a matter of where. Uh, the other big chart that they have a shot at, for starters, is Hot Rock Songs. And that's a chart that kind of breaks down the Hot 100 into different genres. We have hot country songs, hot rock songs, hot R&B, hip-hop, so on and so forth. So they've got a really good shot there, too, to go a little higher than that, even. And they've uh, had success there as well. 
Um, so those are the two big ones you're looking out for. And then you go into radio charts as well and sales charts and that sort of thing. So uh, there's a lot that you can look at next week in terms of, oh, hey, how's Paramore doing? Uh, those are the two big charts you're going to be looking at. But you're also going to be looking at radio charts, sales charts, and so on and so forth. So there's there's different formats out there, different radio formats. You have your top 40 for pop stuff. You have rock radio, which is more guitar-y. You have alternative radio, which is kind of like rock radio, but a little less guitar-y, a little more mm-hmm. indie, more alt. And these are the two sides that Paramore has had going for them in the past, the two sort of radio worlds that they've been worked into. And mm-hmm. I've been told that they're working this new song, Hard Times, to alternative radio first. And that's kind of what they did the last time around when they opened up the self-titled album cycle with Now, which was easily the most rocks song out of the singles on that album. And it wasn't a huge hit at alternative, but it was there. And then they moved on to getting much, much bigger with Still Into You and Ain't It Fun in the cycle, which were worked towards top 40. Mm -hmm. So since it seems like they're going to the alternative world first, how do you see that shaping up right away? Well, I've already been keeping an eye on it um, because we do have data that we can look at kind of in a real-time sense. And if, if the first day is any indication, it's going to do pretty well. Um, you know, we've already had, as of as of right now, which I think it's like, what, like f- 3 p.m. on, on Wednesday, um, it's already been played about 40 times across uh, multiple alternative radio stations and there's about 50 in the country that we track so it'd be like a k-rock right yeah a k-rock or uh um, there's just two big uh stations in in los angeles for instance that uh play alt but you know there's all stations across the country um there's a big one down in miami for instance there's you know you just all across the country you're going to be hearing this song right now and uh it's off to a pretty good start which again makes sense it's like you said uh now was an alternative it, it was a hit in the sense that it, it did make about the top 20 on that chart, which is pretty good. You know, you have to get a lot of radio play in order to make like the top 20, let alone the top 10, let alone number one. So, you know, it, it's off to a good start. Um, the question is, again, whether or not it's going to go to top 40 and how it's going to uh, how it's going to do there. Because that's kind of like, you know, again, that's the format that they kind of came to second. They were always alternative first, and then they happened to cross over. And part of that was because back 10 years ago, you could hear alternative rock on Top 40 radio, and it wasn't weird. Nowadays, it's a little weird. Um, But that's not to say this song doesn't have a chance. It definitely does. And I think the sound that you're hearing from it is uh, representative of that because... You, know, you listen to it and you're like, oh, well, why not? This doesn't sound totally unlike something I feel like I could hear. And it is probably the poppiest they've sounded, I think, on in terms of like a instrumental sense, you know, that guitar is not high up in the mix and, and that sort of thing. So I think it's going to go top 40 eventually, but alternative alert and go where it's going to go first. And that's um, it's off to a really good start there, which is cool. So the album comes out May 12th. They're going to be mm-hmm. touring. You mentioned they have a built-in fan base already. They're established. Yeah. Looking looking at the long game, where do you see the song going? Like their their last single to close off the self-titled album in Fun was peaked at number 10. It was mm-hmm. a top 10 single. Yeah. That was the highest charting song they've had yet. Ain't It Fun was the second highest charting song they've had yet. So they really set the bar high, like an all-time high for them with the last album. Do you think they could beat that with this one? 
it's it is really tough to say because again paramore is feels like a sure a surer bet at alternative than it does top 40 most of the time that hasn't necessarily been true the last album because ain't it fun and still into you were huge uh, top 40 hits whereas they didn't even get played barely on alternative so there but like at the same time you do need that top 40 hit in order to go big on the hot 100 there are just you, you don't see songs get that high without having at least a pop radio or R&B radio behind it. That's why you don't see country songs in the top 10 often. That's why you don't see rock songs in the top 10 often because they have to cross over in order to get there. It's just that's just the way it is. Um unless they sold like millions of copies of their other uh, single which they're not going to do because no one does that. So it's going to be a slow builder. You know, you what you have to understand is that, you know, if you're looking at uh, the, the charts update on Monday slash Tuesday of next week. And if you're looking at where Paramore is next week and you think it's low, like maybe let's say it's in the 60s, I don't know. That doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean, you know, oh, look, Kendrick Lamar debuted at number two. Paramore only debuted at number 60. Oh, man, that's, you know, clearly it's just not going to do as as well. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. This could be a slow builder. I mean, look at Still Into You. Look at Ain't It Fun. Those weren't necessarily just like crazy hits right off the bat a lot they they built they went up and um that's what you could see with this but again you have to have that top 40 um support and that's really the question and i I wish i knew the answer i can i can say that some top 40 stations have been playing it the most is a station in nashville big surprise yeah where, Uh, where they're from yeah so um so it's like it's good that it is getting played. It is a good sign for them, I think. But we may not know, really, for another couple weeks. Because, like you said, you know, it's first getting work to alternative. And then after that, who knows? It'll have to get work to top 40 in order for it to become this big hit like the last two songs were. Because those were work to top 40, and they did very well there. Um, same goes for adult top 40, which we didn't discuss. But that's more of like a kind of a adult leaning but it still plays a lot of the same songs um ain't it fun was actually number one there um whereas it was number i think two or three at pop radio so that's a piece of the puzzle too if it gets played on those stations and those stations if you're not sure what that is is kind of like think of like the station that you play at like the pool or at like school that like everybody can agree on maybe it's not your favorite but it's like there's nothing on there that's like going to be highly offensive to a lot of people um at least that's the way I've always kind of envisioned in my head because that's where I heard it was those places. Um, that's what that kind of station is. And like, I'm sure, you know, Paramore did very well there again, last album. I'm sure they'll go there too. So as long as you get those two pieces of the puzzle, it could go top 10. It could go higher than that, but it does, it does have to connect there. And if it doesn't, it's not going to top ain't it fun or even still into you. Um, just being a big alternative hit isn't enough basically. So it's going to need to get its way in there alongside your Drake songs and your Selena Gomez songs and your Bruno Mars songs. I think the sound of it, though, having those those 80s vibes, those vaguely tropical vibes, you know, there's some like steel drums kind of as some xylophone action in there. It does seem like it would make sense alongside songs like Passion Fruit or Shape of You. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Do you think that could really help it get some top 40 radio play? Oh, definitely. And 
you know, you're not even looking at like right now, but like looking with the last like two years at Top 40 Radio, you think about some of the alternative rock leaning songs that have crossed over. The biggest one that comes to mind is Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon, which was just unapologetically 80s. And that was that was a huge hit. And I'm not saying this is like the next Shut Up and Dance by any means, but a lot of the alt rock songs that do cross over do kind of, at least in the last couple of years, have that sort of 80s slant to them. And this does so it definitely has a shot and like you mentioned yeah there's like passion fruit out there and there's other songs kind of similar to that that are doing very well right now on the charts um at top 40 radio whatever yeah absolutely it's it's not out of place it's not like you're sticking like the new green day single there you know you could do that 12 years ago with green day and like yeah it wouldn't sound weird you do that now and like people are going to scoff at that but this song Absolutely not. But again, it does remain to be seen, though, whether or not they're going to embrace it. You know, this is, this is the first day. Who knows? But um, it, it, all things considered, it seems like it has a shot for sure. Yeah, we're both rooting for it. We're kind of partial here. But I think it's safe to say that there is reason to be optimistic behind this song. Not sh- not not certain, but optimistic. Optimistic for sure. Yes. I, I, I can't imagine... It, it, I think it would surprise me more if it didn't hit than if it than if it did. I'll put it that way. Like if this thing just flops and goes nowhere after that first week, which you see sometimes with songs like that first big week, where like everybody buys it, everybody streams it, or um, radio stations play because it it's a new Paramore, and then by the next week they're like, eh, but you know what? This just isn't as good as Still Indie or whatever, and everybody just kind of slowly falls off. Um, I don't think it's going to happen with this. You do see that, but I don't. I don't think this is that song for Paramore. You know, maybe sometime down the line they'll have that song that everybody's kind of tepid on. Not yet, though. Not yet. Still into you. Still We're in, still into you, Paramore. Still into you, yeah. <laughs> so now that we got the chart side of things, let's talk with some fans. Fans of Paramore from around the Billboard office. First, here's me chatting with Taylor Weatherby, another writer-editor with Billboard. And then you'll hear my chat with Jordan Sargent, who's on staff with SPIM, another great site located in our office. Here goes. So, Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about Paramore. <laughs> we, we sit next to each other in the Billboard office, and we might be the two biggest Paramore fans in the office. Yep. I think there might be some other people who would want to challenge us for that title, but we'll go they, with it. They cannot hold a candle. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on like two cruises, though. Three? Two or three? Just two. Just, just two. two. Just I'm, two. I'm hoping the third happens, and I think it will. If a third happens, I'm so there. I've, I've heard rumors that the third is definitely happening. Okay. Well, those, those words, definitely and rumors, don't really go together. Well. But if I had to guess, I would say I'm, yes, that I'm gonna it's happening. I'm going to stay hopeful and stay on the, on the flip side of that and be like, yes, this is happening. So how did you get into Paramore? Uh, you know what? I really don't even know how. I think it was probably Misery Business because Riot is one of my all-time favorite albums. And I don't really remember how I got into it, but I wouldn't doubt it. I'm, I'm not really one of those people that discovers people before they become big. It's like once they have that hit song, then I like really dive in if I like what they're bringing. But uh, So that was what happened with Paramore, I'm pretty sure, that I heard Misery Business and was like, this song rocks. And then I think that was before, I think I uh, latched onto them before Riot came out. So then when Riot came out, I was like, 
all over it and then played it nonstop and have just kind of followed them since. I will admit that I have not been as totally avid about one of their albums since Riot. It's not that I don't like what they've released since, but that's definitely the one that I connected with the most. But this new song gives me hope that I will love the new album as much as I loved Riot. So I don't know. It doesn't sound anything like Riot, I don't think. But I I do think it sounds... Hard Time sounds more like their newer stuff. But... um, yeah, so I mean, I, I just got into them with Riot and just kind of followed them since. And I, I mean, as a girl, you can't not love Haley Williams. So I feel like she's probably part of the reason why I was so enthralled with what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I was really into that scene at that time. Like, we're we're like basically the same age. And I just remember being a kid then, it didn't like cross my mind that much because I was a guy. But I would think like, wow, it's kind of strange how... I have all these scene bands on my iPod, and there's, like, two of them with a, f- a woman singing, and yeah. one of them is Paramore. Like, what was that like? Uh, not having any female singers. Yeah, like, what, was it weird that just, like, why why are all the people in this scene dudes? I don't know that I was super, like, I don't know that I was thinking about that, because I was one of those people that had, like, a Pete Wentz pillowcase, and okay. <laughs> was, like, obsessed with so Brendan there, Urie. Like, there's hot dudes so, here, so. so. the hot dudes scene was, like, my thing. Uh-huh. But I think that's why Paramore stood out to me so much because I hadn't really, I don't really gravitate toward the female. Like, I mean, I love Katy Perry and I love Rihanna, but so I I do love female artists, but when it's a female led uh, band, I'm like, I mean, I'm into it because I love that a girl can hold her own against, you know, all these other like dude bands. But um, I, I don't know why I don't really gravitate toward female singers but um she just stood out to me as something that was like totally different from anybody else but um so I guess yeah I don't really know what what made her or what how I felt about um the like female singers in a male-dominated genre because I didn't like I said I didn't really think about that but I guess maybe that is why they were so appealing to me and I didn't really think of it at the time. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was, like, so into them because of the fact that they were led by a girl. I think I more liked their sound. But, um, yeah, so I guess I wasn't really paying attention to the, the, the female thing, which is probably bad as a girl. But it was, I mean, it was cool to to watch her kind of, I think I envied her more than anything. Uh-huh. Watching her bro out with all those really hot emo scene guys. <laughs> That I was like super into. <laughs> While you were just hugging the Pete Wentz pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could be Haley Williams just to hang out with Pete Wentz. <laughs> what do you what what do you think of Hard Times? Was your first reaction to it? Well, I before Haley even started singing, I loved the just kind of the bounciness of the opening. It felt very like I don't know. It felt different while also staying true to who Paramore is if that makes any sense. Like, it felt kind of like how Ain't It Fun starts with, like, sounds like a xylophone kind of opening. Um, So I was definitely pulled in right away just with the opening sounds. And then um, I think think it, it sounds like they're moving on from what they're doing or what they did in the past, but they're also, like, still keeping... I don't know. I'm I'm terrible at saying this kind of stuff, but I just I feel like it sounds like they're trying to create 
a new sound more like 80s driven, I guess. And that's kind of what the video is showing too, I think, with all these like 80s references. But um, it sounds like they're taking, they're pulling in more of an 80s vibe that they were kind of hinting at with the last album, the self-titled, but I think they're driving in on that a little more. And I don't know if that's maybe just this song. I obviously have no idea what to expect when it comes to the rest of the album, but that's what it, that's the vibe I'm getting anyway. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have more to talk about once we hear more, I guess. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So anyway, this is this is interesting. This will be like our first... We've ch- we chatted a little bit before this since yeah. Spin has come into the office. Yeah. To introduce the people listening, Jordan Sargent is writer with Spin. Editor. Editor. <laughs> that important distinction. You don't do any of that writing stuff. No. <laughs> no, I do. I primarily write, yeah. And I was really into your stuff and Gawker in general. Thank back you. When you were there. Appreciate that, yeah. Glad to hear that. You never know sometimes. <laughs> Are there any uh, scandalous Paramore stories in the Gawker archives? I don't think so, but there are scandalous Paramore stories that we maybe should have covered because it is they, there is a lot of good drama. The good drama existing, or I don't know if we would call it good drama. Maybe for journalists like yeah. us who want to ha- want to have stuff to dig into. Bad drama for them, but certainly good drama from a gossip perspective, for sure. Yeah, as in that members of Paramore have come into the band and left the band, usually leaving on bad terms. But one of them, Zach Farrow, who left along with his brother Josh in 2010, complaining about Haley and the way the band was run, thought it was too focused on her. He came back into the band for this album. So it seems like, at least for some former members, things are on good terms now. It's good to know that there is a reconciliation possible. Absolutely. Never never burn bridges. Yeah. I think that's a good message to send out to the kids. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of signifiers in writing about early MTV. and Yeah, for sure. Talking heads and Blondie when yeah. people write about this album and Content Farm, the videos, I'm sure, <laughs> subsequently come out of it yeah. after the Hard Times video, which yeah. basically, I think, set the tone. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and it's an, it's an interesting look for them, and it's interesting. There's just not like an act right now that's doing that sort of imagery. I mean, it's not like an uh, exceedingly cool 
like as we were talking about earlier like it's not really an exceedingly cool like look right now like if you you know look at what like um you know other artists are doing with their videos and stuff like the real celebrated videos are very art like capital a art like very cool um I don't know if that's not really a great way to describe it, but like this, there, it like is, it goes back to what you were saying. Like it's, it does not give off like we're trying to be very cool. This is not yeah. like it's not like art uh, adjacent. It's not fashion adjacent. Like a lot of you know Rihanna, Beyonce, Kanye, Drake, like you know even Kendrick, like um, you know talking about like those sorts of pop artists. Like what they're doing is is very different than that, and it's you know it goes back to an era that is not being mined uh right now visually i don't think like even taylor swift when she was kind of doing an 80s pop thing, that was late 80s yeah this is the, the this early, is a little early yeah you know but even you know her videos were not like this like there's not lots of like colors and like you know these like shapes and squiggles and like that 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 uh that they're doing like she was still um keeping her imagery and like grounded in a different place so um they're really going for it. I think it's exciting to see it's almost just like objectively, like what's going to happen. You know, we'll, we'll see like if there is there a market for this. Do people care about this? There, kind of there stuff? absolutely is. I mean, I saw it with, with similar with a similar fan base when Panic at the Disco's album uh, last January, January 2016 just sold so much. It sold like 150,000 copies or so its first week and it just blew everyone away because I, I was pe- stunned. I had no idea that they still yeah. yeah, that they still had that level of a fan base. And it, I think it's just a very underserved fan base this general kind of scene. So, I think the people it's definitely there. It's just a matter of will radio play it? Yeah. Will it become will like gatekeepers make it a big cultural thing? Yeah. If you listen to Hard Times like it's i was i was thinking of it as it's it's obviously not written that that this way but it does work for like the current state of like you could you could really read it as like a post Donald Trump song if you wanted mm-hmm. to i i would imagine it's, it has nothing to do with that but like just purely based on time of release um you know it does sort of fit like into like the way that a lot of people are feeling like she thinks about wanting to be, you know, dig a hole and go lay in the hole, these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think obviously it's, it relates and she talks about this in the time story that it relates, you know, back more to obviously like her personal life and some of the, of this stuff with the band. Um, and you know, so it, it's, it, it, at least in this instance, it has sort of bubbled up into the music specifically and i'm sure like if you are you know a huge fan of paramore you would probably read the song that way as being you know an oblique reference or maybe even not that oblique of a reference to all this drama that has always swirled around the band um so they can't even mention it in the music you know they can reference it in the music um and uh you know that i guess maybe as a way for them to work through it or at least, you know, they can at least be on, on the level with, with their fans, uh, in that sense. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's, I'm not going to try to get inside her head and think exactly what she was writing, but she, at least what the public knows, she's been through some shit over the past couple of years. Like I remember when the Jeremy Davis, it had already happened, the lawsuit and the him splitting from the band, but it all came out in the public 
the same week, I want to say, two days before the second Paramore cruise set sail. So she was about to just, with Paramore, go off and do two big performances, a ton of fan interaction, just like exhilarating, but a very taxing week of being Haley and Paramore. And that came out. And also that was basically her honeymoon with Chad from Newfound Glory. So imagine being hit with both of those things in your life at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And like, if for, and definitely like uh, in that context, like in a like on a, a fan a cruise, basically, like you obviously have to be so happy and optimistic mm-hmm. and excited about your band, excited about your work, and like you cannot let any of that bleed into like the front facing, you know, interactions that you have on a fan cruise where people have paid like thousands of dollars, I would imagine, to like make to go on this thing and make it happen. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I would imagine it's not an easy thing, uh, to deal with, but you know, some people, I don't, I'm, this is pure, just a general comment. Like there are people who, you know, kind of thrive on that sort of, um, just, you know, people who thrive on, on having a little bit of chaos, like in their lives. And like it, there are, you know, especially in, uh, in creative pursuits like that, that can be, you know, a source of inspiration in a sense, or it can spur you, uh, when you're creating art to uh, to make your art and maybe for them, like whether they acknowledge it or not or whatever or want to admit it, I, you know, I'm purely speculating, but, you know, it, it's possible that, that that is, you know, just part and parcel of the band. Like this helps them make music in a weird way. Um, and, you know, they, they make great music and to whatever extent they have this drama, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't hamper them from from making really good music and from existing as a band and moving forward, progressing all those things. Put on a happy face for the fans, then go write a song about digging a hole and putting yourself in exactly it. a happy. I mean, a, a song <laughs> that sounds that's very bright and you know has these elements that would you know lead you to believe it's going to be a very happy song, marimbas and bongos and all this kind of stuff. But um, the song is not emotionally that way, so word well thanks for coming by yeah of course good anytime so yeah if you couldn't tell i'm excited i'm really happy with the direction Paramore took in rolling out the new album because you know when you're in my position and you're a music writer and you work for a publication you really have to put your fandom aside sometimes like If an artist puts out a weak single and you don't think it's going to be a hit or you think they've just made some really bad career decisions, you got to say that. So, like I was mentioning in my chat with Jordan, Paramore's put us to the test when Haley's had her disputes with other members, uh, especially when Jeremy Davis left the band. Uh, This one is still unresolved. He claims he was a creative partner in the band, entitled to additional profits from songwriting royalties, merchandise, live shows... Haley contended that because she's the only member officially signed to the label Atlantic Records, that the rest of the band members are paid at will as employees, and that she even gave them extra earnings out of her own salary. And this was similar circumstances to seven years ago when the Pharaohs left the band. But like I said, they've been able to work things out. One of them is even back in the band, so you know, a lot of this comes back to the fact that she was the only member ever signed to the label, which goes back to the earliest days of Paramore. She was just this super talented 13, 14-year-old, caught the eye of Atlantic, signed to them. 
they wanted to make her a pop star, she wanted to front a rock band, so a bunch of her friends became the other dudes in Paramore. And in that, she really did just break the mold at a young age. She didn't want to follow the label's lead and be a pop solo person. She wanted to just do her own thing. And, you know, honestly, usually in that situation, what I've observed in covering music, the label just pairs the female front person with backing musicians who are already in the industry, usually dudes who are often a good deal older. But no, Haley insisted in pulling up a bunch of her friends with her and that's why they have a special camaraderie, but it's also why there's been these disagreements that you wouldn't have with just a bunch of hired strangers. So I don't know the details of what's going to happen with Jeremy, but I do hope eventually they come to good terms like the Pharaohs are now. So so yeah, that's, that's just about all we have. The new album is called After Laughter. It's out May 12th on Fueled by Ramen through Atlantic. They're still with that label now since the earliest days. You'll definitely be getting updates in later episodes about how Hard Times is doing on the radio, how the album is going to do sales-wise, but we're going to move into a new topic next week. I can't say just yet what it's about, but I can say kind of music we're going to be talking about on future episodes of Alternative Facts. Stuff like the 1975, Panic at the Disco, Vampire Weekend, 21 Pilots, Halsey, My Chemical Romance, and then more punk and indie stuff like Modern Baseball, Grimes, Mitski, Japan Droids, Car Seat Headrest. If you're into stuff like that, you're definitely going to like this show. To get it every week, subscribe by searching hashtag alternative facts, all one word, in iTunes or in the podcast app on your phone. And while you're there, I want to know what you think. I've, I've made it this, if you've made it this far in the podcast, I'd really appreciate your feedback. All of it really helps a lot, you know, because it's a new show. So if you give a star rating on iTunes, that helps so much. And then just also just any specific feedback about the show, what you want to hear on future episodes, what you'd like to hear less of. And if you've got any other specifics or just to keep up with the show, find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is cpain on a plane. Or just search my name. It's C-H-R-I-S-P-A-Y-N-E. It's the first name that comes up when you search for that. So find me on Twitter. Keep up with the show. That's really all I have. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next Thursday, April 27th. Till then, catch you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.